Packers are 2-0. and They stay at home <laughs> on Sunday. That's a noon kickoff against the Broncos. Uh, I wonder, uh, Nelson, I remember when we did this, when the schedule first came out, I think uh, when we were doing the, the predictor or when, when Ebo was on vacation a couple weeks ago, we were circling. You had said the Raider game is a possible letdown game because, you know, you had all those tough games, and that was like the last quote-unquote easy game. Then you go on a stretch of road games with, like, the Chiefs and, and Chargers. Uh, do you, are you worried that after Sunday would would the Broncos be classified as a letdown game? Yeah, I or is think it too the, early. The Broncos could possibly be a letdown game. Oakland and probably Washington would be your three letdown possibilities on the schedule. Oof, Washington did not look good. I mean, here's the thing with against the boys. If you if you watch the late game, um, which was the Bears. And the Broncos. I mean, that was not a good game. I mean, that game sucked. Unless you like defense, it was very much like the Packers and the Bears. I mean, there was there was no offensive God, touchdown. Flacco versus Trubisky. Can you think of Oof. anything worse? Till the end of the game. Um, but you know, the Broncos probably did enough to win that game. Uh, I mean, it was an awful call. It was again, it was Clay Matthews esque uh, on the hit on Kirk Cousins. It was uh, it was an awful. Awful call. Now, give the Bears credit. They still got in position to make a 53-yard field goal, which is impressive at any Especially if there's struggles with kickers. Right. Um, but, yeah, Evo, to, to Nelson's point, if you're if you're sitting here now, are you worried that the Broncos are going to be all, like, all pissed off coming in like we just got robbed? Or do you say, look, at the end of the day, Broncos, you've lost to the Raiders and the Bears. Not exactly two juggernauts no. right now. Uh, Green Bay has got to be feeling pretty good about itself, especially what this defense has dropped on the first two weeks. Uh, there's no chance. I should say no chance, but there's very uh, little chance that you're going to see a letdown Sunday against Denver. I don't I don't know if you're going to see a letdown. I think you're going to see a grumpy Packers team because, you know, the first game against the Bears, Rodgers had, what, like two, three good throws that, you know, went on Marquez Valdez-Scantling and hitting Jimmy Graham in the end zone against the Bears. Yeah. And then yesterday you saw Rodgers have an insane, awesome first quarter and then some change in the two minutes, I think, in the second quarter. And then the offense kind of went stale. I think you're going to see a full, hopefully a full game, if not at least half a game of offense where you're like, damn, this is badass. And I think the Packers just stomp on the Broncos. I don't think the Broncos aren't good. Flacco against the Packers defense. Can I say this again? The Packers defense is the real deal. Jair Alexander was talking about it. He had some. Jair Alexander had a quote that's like, "We got that swag. We got that juice. Here it is. We got that swag. We got that energy. We got that juice. We got it all. Shoot, we're trying to go to the Super Bowl. That's our mentality. When's the last time you heard a Packers defense actually have some swag about them? Um, Ten. 12 years ago? I mean, everyone goes to 2010, but again, that wasn't that was great like a of a defense. defense. It was just, yeah, the Charles Woodson was, you know, the greatest ball hawk in the history of football that year. Uh, I think, I mean, it's only two games, but I, I think this defense is better than that defense. They're more of a complete defense. Now, again, it's two games. Uh, I think the Bears offense is, is pretty brutal. I, you know, there was so much back and forth on Twitter yesterday about Kirk Cousins. That guy is like one of the most confusing he players stinks. of all time. I I think he does stink. The, I mean, he'll have big games. He's you know he's led you know the Redskins to the playoffs before. He's won division titles. He's but average at best. I, I I I agree with you. I mean, he was. He's a step above Trubisky. He had you know he he kind of put together better numbers late, but I mean like. 
wasn't at one point like, and again, you give a lot of credit to the Packer defense, but wasn't at one point, wasn't he like four of 19 yeah. passing? He completed 44% of his passes. He turned the ball over three times. That interception that Kevin King got, it was a first down throw in the red zone. What? what Kirk Cousins looks like he was trying to throw the game. Not throw the ball, throw the One, game. Why would you why would you throw that ball? Two, what is the offensive coordinator calling that play? I know. It's terrible. it was terrible. Why would you call a a play action after you just ran it down the, the Packers' throat down to the five yard line? That was terrible. Right. Kevin King with a sick interception though, but that was a terrible, terrible decision by Kirk Cousins. But we always say that about Kirk Cousins. And by the way, speak and I'm glad the consistency, speaking of Kevin King and you know the Adam Thielen catch uh, on the previous drive. I still have no idea what a catch is because I what I know is that two years ago, neither one of those would have been catches, right? The whole, right. you have to complete the act, and I'm like, there's no way they're going to give Thielen that as a catch, and then they do, and they kind of explain it like, well, now the ball can hit the ground, and you don't have to complete the, you know, like the Calvin Johnson where he, like, all he did was just, like, set the ball on the ground years yeah. ago against the Bears, and they ruled it incomplete. Well, like, he I had think control, were, but then it hit the ground. I think they were both catches. I thought the Thielen one was a catch. Um, well, yes, I think they're catches now. I, there's no way but, yeah, in the old NFL either one of those years are ago, catches. They if it hit the ground like right. that, they would have been like, nope, no right. catch. And the Kevin King, yeah, I I think it was an interception, but I'm like, again, with the rules, you're like, well, but it fell out at the end. But I'm like, there's no way. If they call the Thielen thing a catch, there's no way they're going to say this is an incomplete yeah. pass or that he didn't keep possession. What about the pass interference calls on Thielen? And- <laughs> oh, my God. God. Those were terrible, too. They were bad. I mean, look, I'm not feeling at all bad. Couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of fellas than the Vikings, but... Yeah, what was I that? Mean, but to, what was that? And the vi- the review Tam- of the touchdown with, that came from the press box, because inside of two minutes, it comes from... So they, they basically... Which maybe won the game for the Packers. Yeah. Well, they, they review all scoring plays. a touchdown but... off. The, I know, yeah. and that wasn't even anything. It if was, I'm a Vikings fan, I'm pissed about that. That's the, that wasn't. I'm sorry. How that many, wasn't anything. How many offensive pass interference calls were made in that game? Three. All of them on the Vikings. No, the Packers. No, the Packers one got one too. Yeah, four. That t- the, when they took away the Vikings touchdown first, I was like, "What is going on here? Like, how do they? What do they even call?" And then you go watch the replay. If I'm a Vikings fan, I'm pissed. Yeah, yeah the Vikings outplayed the Packers three out of four quarters. Not the defense. The offense they did. And the Packers offense. So I was going through. You know, they say that they script fifteen to twenty plays a game. Yeah, it was like 20 to 25, I thought. But Matt LaFleur's first 19 plays, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Yeah, that— I don't think Matt LaFleur made any adjustments, but Mike Zimmer did. That's no. what I think happened because the offense yeah, went halftime adjustments, downhill you always hear it. quick. But that offense was sick in the first quarter. My God. It was easy. What was the first drive? Three, four plays? Four. Four yeah. plays? Aaron Jones, feed that man. Well, yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams, seven catches, 100-plus yards. Aaron Jones, 23 carries, 100-plus yards. MBS got a couple of good catches. Uh, Valdez Scantling, three catches. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the first three drives were incredible. Now, again, you could be the, why didn't, to Nelson's point, did they not adjust? I mean, again, the Vikings are, just like the Bears, they're a pretty good team, um, at least based on what I thought I knew. Um you know, the Atlanta Falcons, they completely dominated last week. And Atlanta beat a team that a lot of people think Philadelphia is going to win the NFC this year. Yeah. So just goes to show you, man, all you can focus on and worry about is winning your week. 
Because if you go down that rabbit Wins hole of, of this team beat that team and that team beat this team and our team should have beat that team by more. Well, every week um, is so different. Every week is so different. What you guys? I thought Lafleur and Rogers went pretty conservative in the second half, and that probably fourth, a little too conservative. That fourth, as as someone who's a part of the Mike McCarthy fan club, I heard that a lot over the past couple of years. But that fourth and one where they went for it and didn't make it. Yikes! Well, twice. That I mean, wasn't good. Back back to back times yeah. and fourth and short, they went for it and didn't e- make it. Even where they threw the ball on that bootleg at the end with two minutes left, that's to me that's kind of like whatever. Because if McCarthy calls it, he would have been, you know, too liberal for trying to pass the ball. Oh yeah. And then if he would have ran it there last year, he would have called him too conservative. But. From the first quarter of everything you wanted and more from the Packers' offense to the rest of the game, at least you know you had that taste of it. They can explode at a moment's notice. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, the, the play calling in the first quarter was great. Yeah, I agree. I think it got a little conservative. I mean, obviously, when you're up 21 nothing and you don't score again, um, you know, it's the, the notion of, well, at some point, Mike, what Mike McCarthy was accused of taking his foot off the gas and that, you know, the Belichick manner of, you know, if you're up 21 nothing, you might as well be up 51 nothing. And yeah, I mean, you could you could say that the Packers kind of pulled pulled back big time uh, in the second and third quarter. Uh, I, I, the defense is confusing to me on that. You know, how much? Do, I mean, is this now becoming a defensive team? I'm not ready to go there Mike yet. Pettin's that dude, though. It's getting close to that discussion. Get back to the question at hand, by the way, of uh, putting the Brewers and Packers next 13 days side by side here. Uh, help me out with this, Nelson, as the uh, Zones baseball analyst. Uh, two years ago. The Brewers right now were were just hanging down, hanging around, <laughs> trying to be that second wild card. They take it into the final weekend of the season with that series in uh, in Colorado. They come up one game short. Last year, they tracked down the Cubs all the way to that 162. wasn't enough. They had to go 163. And now here we are. Uh, we've obviously seen this movie before, right? We saw them come up just a little bit short two years ago. We saw them take it all the way to the end and then some last year. Uh, what 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 rerun are you more? Is this the rerun uh, from season one? Are we rebooting of two years ago? Or are we rebooting season two from last year with 13 days to go? Well, the Brewers definitely have a real shot, especially when the Cubs and Cardinals have to play seven games. Yeah, I think it would be a little bit different of a storyline if they didn't have to play each other so much. Like they yeah. by yeah, they, true. They, they by far have the easiest schedule. There's no doubt about that. So here's the thing. Do we want then, we probably want them to beat each other up, right? Because we don't want one to, so we want it to go, probably the Cubs, because they play, we want it to go 4-3 Cubs, um, because the, you're only one game behind Chicago, but you're three behind. So, so if the Cubs would win 4-7, and we want Milwaukee to go, say, 10-3, and three, if that happened, I think they would probably win the division, right? Yeah, yeah I the think Brewers yeah, went 10-3, totally. and three and the Cubs went 4-3 and three against the Cardinals, the Brewers probably that that's enough math to make God. up two to three games. I yeah, it. I would I would think uh, you would probably want the Cubs to win four out of seven. Yeah, I think because again you're only you're still Man. further behind St. Louis. Not so we talked about this last week, Ebo. Uh, strange bedfellows, right? The enemy, my enemy is, is my, my friend. friend. Well, now we're back to the all-time worst enemy of ours as Brewer fans is clearly the Cubs. Now to Nelson's point, you have to be club Cub fans, but not by much, right? You want the Cubs to win against the Cardinals. Got to tread water while the Brewers win. You want them to beat the hell out of each other for the next week, but you want the Cubs to just be a little better because you want to. No, that's if you want to win the division, which I think they. To Nelson's point, I think they absolutely can win the division. 
So, yeah, if the Cubs take four or seven from the Cardinals and the Brewers take, say, six or seven this week, I would. I think the math would state the Brewers would be in the division lead if that happens. Uh, so I can never, in my heart of hearts, ever cheer for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, all I'm going to do, all I'm going to do, is cheer for the Brewers, and whatever happens on the other side happens. That's it. Well, I, I can't the, cheer for the Chicago Cubs in good conscience. If you look at the schedule, they play seven times, but four of those seven games are in Chicago. Where do the Cubs play the best? In Chicago. Yeah. Where are they turds at? On the, the road. road. Yeah, I think if the Cubs go four and three in the seven game stretch with the Cardinals and the Brewers go ten and three, I think the Brewers win the division. And I think ten and three is absolutely in play with the crappy teams they play. We might need to what we might need to start looking into a three way tiebreaker. Yeah, what do we have? Like a mini <laughs> yeah, Nelson We were talking about that last year for the three way tiebreaker. It was like when you and, and Becker and pick another state champion that I mean you just had to have a three man round robin. Be like Shoemaker, Peterson, and, and throw in Endress or something. We just have a three-man round robin for the title. Everyone listening is like, who, what? This is middle school wrestling references. <laughs> I apologize. 608-321-1670. Tom, Tommy. welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. What's up, Tommy? Yeah, uh, Braunschweiger ain't chopped liver anymore. How about <laughs> Ryan Joseph Braun, Tom? Oh boy, That's my person. He's my person, Tom. Trip. It's two hits in the whole road trip, and they're both home runs to win games. I don't care who knows about it. He's my person. Tom, how how ecstatic were you when Brownie's up there, top of the nine, two outs, full count, grand salami? What did you do? Well, you I got to tell you, I'm Tully? driving in the car, and I go over a hill, and I lost the radio station, and I frantically, there was like bottom of the eighth, and I frantically looked for a station going northwest of here, and I couldn't find a station <laughs> having the Cubs on or the uh, Brewers on it. And so I come back home and I read that I couldn't believe it when I checked the uh, internet. So I mean, come on, come and, on. And then then the hater gives up on two run homers. I could have lost it all. Right. And what a wild what a wild ride, Tom. From us throwing everyone throwing dirt on them to then they could do it. Are they going to do it, Tommy? Here's the thing, though. I've been checking out this run differential thing. So they win what two out of three. And they have a negative eight run differential and win two out of three. I mean, is that the story of the team this year? That is so weird. That's the story of baseball for like, uh, thank you, Tommy. That's the story of baseball for the last 10 years. We've talked about that run differential so much. Tom, a very educated baseball guy. Tom the man. Um, Yeah, I mean, Nelson, the comparables, again, we did this exercise last week. At minus 30, the Brewers, that means for those of you who are, are, you know, like sports stat people, plus minus is, you know, your runs you score versus the runs you've given up. In theory, if you give up more runs than you score, you're not going to win, right? Yep, yep. Because you have to score more runs than your opponent to win team. a game. So the fact that the Brewers are minus 30 right now, yet they are squarely in the playoff race. Again, the only comparables, um, the Texas Rangers are 24 games out of their division in the AL West. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, who are a little better plus minus, are... 18 games and a half out in their division. And the Giants and Padres are 28 games out in their division. Those are the teams that that are within plus minus 10 up or down of the Brewers. And right now the Brewers are one game game. out. Those teams are, were out of it in May. And it's, it's one of the most insane. Nelson, would you say, is that the, of all the crazy baseball stats and Brewer stats and things we've seen over the last three years with the Brewers, and the injuries and the bizarreness of pitching guys last year for one at bat and, you know, baseball losing its mind about it in the playoffs. Would this be the most bizarre stat of them all? 
if they make the playoffs with a negative plus minus, I, has that ever even been done? <laughs> I'm sure it has. I mean, baseball's been around for hundreds of years. But, it can't uh, be very often. I it's, it is strange when you have, when your team ERA is higher than your team's runs per game. You know it's crazy how long baseball's been around, but you still hear like, was it last year, Josh? Or no, it was Freddie Peralta was the first pitcher to do something since like 1910, and now you're breaking the home run records this year. And there's always a stat that seems to be broken. Last time this happened was 1903 or some crap like that. Baseball is so wild with their stats. I don't know, man. I'd love to know if that if that has happened before. What you're talking about? I mean, that to Nelson's point, yeah, 150 years of a sport. Odds are it's happened, but I, I mean, that's just crazy to think about uh, that the uh, that the Brewers could actually make the playoffs, and they've had more runs scored against them than runs they've scored. Uh, all right, 608-321-1670. So speaking of the Brewers, Evo, we put uh, put this question up into the field uh, at Zone Madison uh, on the Twitters. What's more likely to occur here in the next 13 days? Uh, the Brewers make the playoffs. They have 13 games starting tonight, uh, or the Packers get to 4-0. Uh, they have two more games uh, in that stretch, uh, a game this Sunday uh, against the Broncos and the next Thursday against the Eagles. And overwhelmingly now, people are, it's like 71, 73% now for Packers 4-0. And I get it, two is far less than 13. But, and I'm not obviously rooting against the Packers, and I'm not oh. obviously saying they're going to lose. I think... As you mentioned, they're going to be favored in both those games. Yes, but it's the NFL, and you know, I something about desperate teams, and I don't know if Denver qualifies as desperate after an zero and two start, but you'd better think they're going to be a little bit grumpy after what happened yesterday. I mean, the officials pretty much stole a game from the Broncos. That game should have ended on a sack against Mitchell Trubisky. They called a phantom roughing the passer. So dumb. And let the Bears drive continue. Bears made a 53-yard field goal. So there's that part of it. And then, yes, the, the short week probably benefits the home team more. But, again, they have to turn around from from Sunday to Thursday and play a game against a playoff team from a year ago in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Now, again, you could say the same argument for the, for the Eagles. They're actually the road team. If you think it's bad for the Packers, how brutal is that Thursday game going to be in two weeks for Philly? So I get that. But I don't know, man. To get to four, if, if they do it, This season, like, you can start talking about the division because to get through, I know they're not on paper, they don't look like the hardest matchups, but it's the NFL. Yep. I mean, you know, the the, the Tennessee Titans were coming in yesterday. They just thrashed the Browns, who were the media darlings of the NFL. They thrashed them by 30 points last week in Cleveland. They're coming home to play a Colt team that just had their franchise Hall of Fame quarterback retire two weeks ago in Andrew Luck, you would think Tennessee would have won that game by four touchdowns yesterday. Guess what happened? The Colts on the road, two weeks yep. removed from Andrew Luck's retirement, beat the hell out of the Titans yesterday. Did you see so the that sidelines? just shows you the NFL is crazy. The NFL's crazy. Did you see the sidelines of the Titans, by the way? Their pyrotechnics started on up. fire. There's a giant fire on the field for the... <laughs> For an NFL game, just scorched to earth. Right. I just thought that was the Miami game. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the Tennessee the Titans highlights. playoff chances going up in flames when the Colts But beat I them. found those uh, that stat and facts for you. The last team to have a minus plus minus run differential was the 2005 Padres who were swept in the NLDS. But there was one team that won it all with a minus run differential, the 1987 Twins. Yeah. They finished minus Hey, they won 20. the World Series. Yeah. Yeah, James, they won the World Series. James Hansen just tweeted that in at Zone Madison. 
Johnny on the spot. Yeah, Twins won the 87 World Series with a negative run differential. Here's their home road splits, too. 56 and 25 at home, 29 and 52 on the road. Damn. That, that's crazy. Yeah. So, wow. again, I, I, back to the question, I, I think two things. I think most people voting in this poll, Ebo, are saying, well, there, two is less than 13. So, obviously, the chances of one team winning two games versus one team winning 13. But here's the thing. We just talked about the math. The Brewers don't have to go 13-0 and 0, uh, to get into the playoffs. I think that would certainly give them a very the good Brewers chance. If the Brewers went 13-0, they're going to be winning the division. Right. Yeah. I think oh, if yeah. they go 10-3, and three, they're winning the division, right? I mean, it, it, unless the Cardinals just take six or seven from the Cubs. But if that... If those if those two teams split both those series, and they're just treading around five hundred for the next week, and the Brewers go ten and three, that's a four game swing. They're down by three. I, I think if I think to me the magic number to win the division is ten. Ten. Now, even ten's a lot greater than two, but you're playing no team that has a winning record here in the next thirteen days if you're the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, does anything concern you that the Brewers like to play down to the level of competition? Well, that, and that would be. But I would say that. Like two weeks ago, that would concern me. Right now, what were they in St. Louis before? You know, over the weekend, were they one in one in six at Bush Stadium this season or leading up to this point? I forget what it was. I'll have to go back and look. But the Brewers were not good at Bush Stadium. What did they do? One, two out of three. Well, and two out of three. When again, you just lost your MVP. Yeah, you swept. Yeah, think the of Marlins, the optics. Think of the just, optics. You swept probably the worst team in the National League and one of the two or three worst teams in all of baseball. So it's not like you were coming in with a ton of confidence into St. Well, we Lewis. were just saying the Brewers always play down to the level of competition. And what do they do? They're they're actually playing up now. They're Brewers were good. one in five on the road against the Cardinals. One in five. I, was, I knew it was close. And look what they did on the road, man. And then Ryan Braun and the that right there. What a moment. Bases loaded. Top of the nine, two outs, full count. So do you, Grand salami. 608-321-1670, asking the question, what happens uh, more likely? Uh, the Brewers track down either the Cubs, the Nationals, or the Cardinals, uh, or the Packers take out the, uh, the the Broncos and the Eagles here in the next two weeks. You're, despite that, you're still sticking. I, I guess I never heard your answer. I want to see your Ebo or Nelson, your answer. Ebo, you said the Packers is still the most likely occurrence, right? That they'll win two games. I never really like get a solid answer, but I guess I will now. I think, I think what it is going to be is the Packers. <sighs> it's a tough one though because I have such a believer in the Brewers right now. I think the Packers going four and zero because we've seen. We've seen how good the defense is, and they continue to be good. They proved it against the Vikings. But to play devil's advocate, and I'm not in this camp. In fact, I went to war on Twitter over the Packer offense yesterday. To play devil's advocate, the Packer offense is still far from perfect. Well, you know, they could have an off. You know, the, here's another. They're playing another. By the way, the Bronco defense, Vic Fangio. You, you still have Von Chubb, Miller, Bradley yep. Chubb. You still have Akeem Till. I mean, you have a good defense. This is a third good defense they're going to play. And I would think Philadelphia – is despite it being a short week, it's still the Eagles. That's a sure. guy to Carson Wentz was going to win the MVP two years ago until the knee injury. That's a team that made the playoffs last year, won a road game in Chicago. Don't forget though, Mitch These Trubisky. These are tough games they have the next yeah, two weeks. What I was what I was getting at was we've seen the defense be very good two games in a row, and they'll continue to be good because they're a great defense. They have a swag about them. We've seen the offense get a little better each game. So it was a couple, of, it was a handful of throws against the Bears. Now it's a whole quarter and some change against, um. The, the Vikings. Vikings. There you go. The Vikings yesterday. Now what we're going to see is the offense open up a little more. Rodgers and Lafleur get a little more comfortable with that playbook. Knock a little of that rust off. Mitch Trubisky put 16 points on the Broncos' defense. Mitch Trubisky put three points 
on the Packers defense. Good if you want to play that game. That's a good way of looking at yeah. it. Uh, Nelson, uh, what what say you? Brewers I'm, make the playoffs. Packers win two more games. I'm leaning towards the Packers just because it's two games, and we talk about the easy schedule for the Brewers. This is pretty easy scheduling for the Packers. You stay home and play a lesser Bronco team, and then you have a short week at home against the Eagles, who are starting to get a little more injured, banged yeah. up the last couple weeks. The Packers are at home. That's what I'm getting at, especially on a short week for the Eagles. Yeah. It always favors the home team. All right, RJ, game week is here. I said this to me is the biggest Wisconsin football game since the Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State two years ago uh, because if, I believe – and we'll talk about some, you know, some of the the other, you know, the Michigan State stuff and some of the other, Minnesota, some of the Minnesota. disappointment I saw, even Iowa. But just from the Wisconsin perspective, I think this is the biggest game in two years, home or away, neutral, bowl game, otherwise, buy or sell the importance of the Michigan game on Saturday as being that big a deal. Or sell. I, I absolutely agree with you there. Um, just by name alone, uh, you have Michigan come in into Camp Randall. If you, I mean – depending on if you want to look at the rankings, you pull the upset. If uh, if you look at where the lines are right now, you take care of business and just win. Um, it It's a huge win for the program. You beat a blue blood. You set yourself up to control your own destiny without help or anything like that to then go on uh, hopefully – to that Northwestern and Kent State game to close out your five-game uh, homestand there before you head off to Illinois and Ohio State. But you definitely need this to get that conference uh, record off to a good start at 1-0. and you, You've had two weeks to prepare for this team. And, yes, the Jim Harbaugh factor, it would be nice just to smash that team and that man in the face. Uh, I agree visiting with our Badger inside RJ I mean to that point RJ and again I'm going to go ahead and say the scout team could beat Kent State um, so I'm not worried about that game Northwestern Michigan State you still got to obviously show up those are good teams but based on what I've seen I I think Wisconsin is is clearly going to be at least a touchdown if not double digit favorites against both those teams certainly Northwestern Illinois is come back to being who we thought they were losing at home to Eastern Michigan. It, to me, it all sets up for October 26th. I mean, if you win Saturday, I will go on record as saying, RJ, Wisconsin will be 7-0 and going into Columbus, Ohio Ooh. on October 26th. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, we've had, we've had weird things happen in, in games against Northwestern, both home and away, but you're watching a totally revitalized defense. Uh, for, for this Wisconsin team from what we saw a year ago. We were seeing an offense that really the only major change that has happened uh, is a changing quarterback. I'll, I'll call Quintez Cephas. Uh, it's not really a major change. It's good to have him back. Um, I think you still have some playmakers, and it's shown with some of the other guys that have gotten targets at that receiver position. It only helped to make that room deeper, but – it seems offensively with the change at quarterback, it's really opened things up. We're seeing stuff we haven't seen for two, three years uh, that Wisconsin is running, and they haven't even run uh, a jet sweep more than once, I think. Oh, that's sacrilegious, RJ. But, but still, you don't have to. And you look at the, the, games against, the game against Central Michigan, you, you're – Rushing touchdowns were all out of the same formation, no matter who was at running back. 
and that's a multi-faceted formation where those the other your two fullbacks can go off for passes, your two tight ends can go off for passes, and you can run run right up the middle or run out to the sides. It's it's that kind of thing where this offense maybe the plays aren't as deep as a lot of people think, but you run it out of formations with the shifting, with all that good stuff that confuses defenses, and you open stuff up to not have to use your entire playbook. So we haven't seen a lot of this Wisconsin offense. We might see more of it this coming Saturday in in efforts to break things open and, and show Michigan what Wisconsin can actually do. And who knows, maybe Michigan was holding back for two games to not show Wisconsin their entire new offense. So it, it'll be interesting to see. But the one thing I kind of had a problem with, Sunday I was looking for lines, and the first thing I saw at about noon, right around the Packer kickoff, was Michigan plus six. Then not even an hour later, that changed to Wisconsin minus three. Or uh, it was Wisconsin plus six. And then that changed quick to uh, Wisconsin minus. Yeah, three. I saw the same. That had, really? Well, I think what it was, RJ, is when the lines first. You know, they do. Vegas will put it on. And some casinos you'd actually bet on them. Some they just put them out. But they'll they'll do a line for every week. And this was the pre before the season started line. That's what the line would have been. And then I don't know if that just mistakenly got out there. If that they were just saying that this is what it could have been. I don't know if you could have ever actually Weird. bet Wisconsin plus six. I would have put uh, a lot on that. Same. I still yeah. may put a lot on Wisconsin minus three. But no, you're absolutely right. When the lines first came out, and again, I I'm not in Vegas, so I don't know. If that's just to say this is what it would have been. But that's just to put that well to put it into a talking point. That's where this. That's where Vegas has switched this thing from a month ago. Thinking that Michigan's a touchdown favorite at home to now Wisconsin, you know, is a, is a slight favorite. Um, you know, our AD, well, I mean, we'll get into obviously the predictions and all that on Friday's show, but are, I mean, are you buying uh, the the change maybe in perception of this game from where it was just a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, absolutely. All you have to do is look at uh, Michigan's struggles. Uh, middle Tennessee State, they yeah, they won by double digits, I believe, but still, it was hard to get there for them. Uh, you go into overtime with Army. You can blame that on the triple option if you want, but if you're good and staying home playing assignment football, uh, the athletes Michigan has, um, that Army team shouldn't be taking you to overtime. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, it, no matter what, it should not be taking Michigan to overtime. And you miss a kick after a penalty to, to lose that game. Heartbreaker for Army. Uh, that had the makings of being Appalachian State all over again at the big house. RJ, did you see Minnesota? They could barely squeak by. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that, and then some AP voter, probably the hometown paper, decided to put them in for a vote for uh, one vote for AP. Who did they play? Like, it was GA on, Southern, that's, Georgia Southern? Georgia yeah, Southern. That's, that's embarrassing. 35 uh, to 32? The fact that probably a homer, decided he wanted to get these guys a vote you go what you you go you get pushed by two an fcs program you go overtime with fresno state uh you get you and all of them are the same situation you're losing in the fourth quarter yeah they could have lost that game I i think by luck or by the chance that you're actually a power five program you pulled those out of thin air just to be three and oh uh if if wisconsin could uh pad their schedule like that and i mean 
two of those teams are lesser than what uh, than any of the three Wisconsin will play. I think Fresno State's probably better than the three non-conference uh, teams Wisconsin played. But other than that, the other two, um, it's hopefully ones that we don't see on Wisconsin's schedule at any point in time. So it it, it just watching these three games makes it even more frustrating to have lost that game last year at home to Minnesota, and it makes me want to punch something. Well, a final thought on that, uh, visiting with our Badger Insider, RJ. You know, after watching uh, this week's games in the first two weeks, it's pretty clear to me, uh, RJ, you know, the, the, the hype in Nebraska is way overdone. You know, thinking that Purdue and, and Brom was going to be some offensive jugger. I mean, they, they, they're one and two. They lost by 30 points at home to TCU. Uh, Minnesota is not a contender at all. And, I mean, I would say Iowa outside of Wisconsin is the best team. And, yeah, they beat Iowa State, give them all the hype, you know, starting college game day. But I, I don't think Iowa's ready for prime time. I mean, I, I would be stunned at this point, RJ, if it's not Wisconsin in the in the Big Ten championship game. And if it's not Wisconsin and Iowa uh, deciding the, the Big Ten West. And I, I think Wisconsin is a, a 10 to 14-point team better than Iowa right now. Yeah, and uh, we I even talked with you last week and threw Northwestern in there just because they've won 11 straight divisional games. But having watched a team they lost to in Stanford just get boat raced uh, by UCF, um, I, I'm not sure I can call Northwestern in there either. But we talked about it. Same thing happened last year. They went over and lost to Akron in non-conference and took the division. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But I, I'm with you. I think uh, put your money on Wisconsin or Iowa right now. Um, Iowa had a you know a, a rivalry game with Iowa State over the weekend, and uh, that's generally how those turn into just slugfests where it, it could go either way, and one play will decide it. So. Um, yeah, uh, Iowa, I like what I see out of them. Um, Wisconsin, how can you not like what you've seen so far uh, with points-wise and points-given-up-wise? Uh, you're probably the most one of the most complete teams in the nation, uh, regardless of who you've been playing, because we've talked about it. It's hard to put up zeros uh, against FBS opponents, and we've had a couple of powerhouses given up points in FCS program. So, yeah, it's going uh, to be an interesting uh, Big Ten season. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. The West is right now between Wisconsin and Iowa. And I'm glad we're playing Iowa at home. Thank you, RJ. Ryan Joseph Braun. Do you think it's a coincidence that his middle name is Joseph? Yes. Mm, I can't. I, I thought you said there was no such thing as a coincidence. Well, I thought we agreed on that. No. Okay. Well, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure you said that. If, it, right. if, if there was a, if it wasn't a coincidence, you know, your name Joseph, his middle name Joseph, then he yeah. just would have hit it to the warning track. No, no, no. I, you I saw I, it happen at the I, I can. It's got to be somewhere fall. on the cloud. Or somewhere fall. on the cloud. Or both. Um, the Brewers, <laughs> a ninth inning grand slam by Ryan Braun. Brewers win the game. Brewers win the series. And they are now just a game behind the wild card. Three games behind the division with 13 games to play. Yeah. Game on. Game on, baby. In Milwaukee for the postseason once again. Something that I would have thought was not even a remote possibility two weeks ago from where they sat a, what, 3% chance to make the playoffs a couple weeks ago. Now the way up to basically 50-50 according to the computer models. 
Brewers do not play a team with a winning record the rest of the way. Cubs and Cardinals play each other seven times. So here's what we want. You just want one of those like last standing matches where both guys knock each other out yeah. and neither one can get up for the 10 count. It's like Rocky and uh, and Apollo Creed in Rocky 2, and it's a race to who can stand up first before 10. We just want the Cubs and the Cardinals to literally beat the crap out of each other for the next 13 days. Now, I got a lot of tweets on this yesterday, and I saw you got some tweets on it. I'm getting texts right now. Many wondering, will Ryan Braun call into the show today? I've heard. I mean, I, I suppose we could. Pro- I could make a call. I didn't like. Aren't know. you guys friends? Like probably best friends. Like you should, I mean, his name's middle name is Joseph. Your first name Joseph. Yeah. I feel like you guys have a connection. Yeah, I mean, we were talking during the break. You know, I, I get you know the the call and Ebo thing on the phone doesn't work out so well. Doesn't Someone, work out for anyone. You're the only that. one that needs to be validated so much on a phone call. My dad finally got it. My mom finally got it. Nelson finally got it. Everyone finally got it. No, I've text, got it. Text like a what normal human about? being. I'm out. When's, I don't call you anymore. Just I'm text somebody me. Over Just the text weekend. Text me like a normal human being. Somebody over the weekend learned the hard way about your your phone answering. But I was going to say to your question on Ryan Braun. Oh, trust me, we were we were in communication last night. Uh, deep. Did you call him or text night. him? Both. Nice. Um, I would love to hear from him today. So I can call. I can break out a text to uh, RB. Hell yeah. See if he wants to come on the uh, on the show today. I mean, that was incredible. The, the Brewers have. Think about this, people. The Brewers have gone six and one since the Christian Yelich injury. That's insane. And we all thought. Remember when it happened? We all thought they'd just it's crater done. out. Crater out. Done. Over. Nope. Here we are. Six and one. Since the Christian Yelich injury, now I get it. the the, uh, the Marlins aren't a very good team, but there's a lot of you know bad teams that sneak up and beat good teams. And uh, the Brewers uh, did take two or three this weekend. And what I do know is St. Louis is a good team. And by winning two or three, you've you've kept the door open just to crack uh, for the division. Which, I mean, not only was the division a laughable concept two weeks ago, you know, the first wild card was a laughable concept. People throwing dirt on them, right? You're only a game and a half, or two and a half games behind Washington for the first wild card. Obviously, you stick only a game behind Chicago. And uh, now it basically comes down to this, Ebo. Uh, the, again, the Cardinals and Cubs play seven times. I'm doing the math of a basically a slight Cub advantage over those next seven games. I think you want a split with a slight Cub advantage, i.e. 4-3 Cubs. If the Cubs take 4-7 and the Brewers can take 9 or 10 games of the next 13, I'm going to go ahead and say the Brewers are going to win this division. Yeah, I'm excited for it, man. Which is insane to say that. So we need the Cubs to win. What did we say? Set, what was it against the Cardinals we wanted them to go? 4-3. Four 4-3, and, three. Four and, three, and the Cubs got a majority of that at home, correct? 4 in Chicago, 3 in St. Louis. And the Cubs are trash on the road and good at home. So Correct. that's going to come to fruition. All the Brewers got to do, win. Nelson, you buy your – and then I want to get back. Obviously, a big day yesterday for the Packers. We got to spend some time on that. You buy my math. Cubs and Cardinals will go – Cubs go 4-3. and three. Brewers go 9-4, and 10-3 and three in that same stretch. They win the, NF, uh, the NL Central. And Brewers with the easiest schedule. Man. Yeah, if they, if they do that, they're going to be – Probably right there. That's it's gonna be if if they can go nine. What'd you say? Nine and three, nine and nine four? and four, or ten and three. I think nine and four is the bottom they could go. I think if they get above ten wins, they're gonna win the division. I still think they could win it going nine and four. Yeah, if they go nine and four, and the Cubs and Cardinals essentially split with the what, be seven Cubs and six. taking four out yeah. of three or four out of seven. 
It's probably going to be at least a tie, I would imagine. Right. I think 9-4, and four, you're probably, Ebo, looking at another game 163. But it'd be at Miller. It would be at Miller this time around. I think 10-3, uh, and three, I think, I can't believe I'm even saying this. I think 10-3, and three, if they win 10 of their next 13 games, I think they're winning the division. When does it change? That the, is ridiculous. When does it change the Amf? Ampham Park or whatever it is, American Family next year. Next year, yeah. They have to do it this year. Then you got to you got to win the World Series the final year at Miller Park. Then that's a good point. Didn't There's that omen for it too. Yelich goes down and naming rights being changed. They got to do it for Miller Park. Uh, that's a good point. Didn't even think of that. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. So there's the Brewer side of the equation for the weekend, and then. There is those uh, those guys up in uh, up in that uh, their oh, title there, down there, there in yeah, Wisconsin. There. there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that right. Packers, yeah. Now, to quote the great Colonel Jessup from A Few Good Men, deep down in places you don't want to talk about at parties, did you think there was ever a scenario, whether it was the day Matt LaFleur was hired, whether it was the day the schedule came out, whether it was the day free agency started, or was it was it the day the NFL draft started, or was it was the day training camp started, did you ever think there was this time that you would think the Packers would start this season 2-0? Man. Beating the Bears and Vikings to start the season. Two teams that have owned the Packers the last few years. I thought they were going to split. I thought they were going to go one and one. So I didn't think they'd open up the season 2 0. I thought at best they'd be a 7 9 to a 9 7 team. But now I I I might get greedy. I might change that to a 10 win team. Nelson, did you ever think that they could win both these games? No, I also thought they'd be one and one, especially looking at the schedule and how it broke down with the, the days off. And especially with the, all the question marks that we had with the offense and we continue to have, still surprised they're 2 0. Yeah, I thought they'd lose against the Bears in Chicago and beat the Vikings, but my God, man, what a what a interesting game. From everything you wanted and more from the offense in the first quarter, and then it just went stale and stagnant, and the defense is the real deal. Another win from the defense. Did the defense prove it yesterday? Oh, 100%. Did they, did they back up what they did week one? No question. I mean, when the offense fell apart in the second half and couldn't do anything, um, it was the defense. I And I, I was watching the game with my son, and I looked, and I said, how many times is this defense going to bail us out? And they kept doing it. Yeah, offense um, did in the second I, I half. I said, eventually, the, yeah, eventually on these punts that the Packers can't even get a field goal, eventually the, the Vikings are going to break something. If they're going to – another Dalvin Cook run or, you know, Thielen and Diggs are too good, eventually – they will connect on another big play, and eventually they're going to take the lead. And they never did. I mean, the, the Packer defense answered and answered and answered. And then the one time when you're like, it's finally over, it's first and goal. I mean, the good news is they're going to score, and there's going to be, what, four minutes left, and Rodgers, all he's going to need is a field goal. I mean, I had pretty much conceded the touchdown when it was first and goal, and then Cousins throws just that you know, what abomination that? of a pass. And uh, it was a ter- it was, that was cur- terrible. It was you know what was it Charles Woodson said back in the day? That's J B and J J B and J. You know that was that just Kirk being Kirk yesterday? That I mean, Cousins had done the Vikings defense. I mean, look, that's a very good defense too. I don't think it's because it's the Bears defense. The Vikings defense is a fringe top ten defense. They kept him in it. That's a good defense. It's a great defense. And they did enough to get the Vikings back in the game. And then Kirk Cousins. I, I mean, I get it. I don't know. Actually, I should take that back. I don't even get that on a third and goal to make that throw. Because you still can take a field goal. <laughs> I know. On first and goal to make that throw is, terrible. is just mind-numbing. Now, the Packers not only have to thank Kirk Cousins for making the throw because it was first and goal and there was nothing there. you got to thank the O.C., 
for calling yeah. the play when you just basically ran it down their throat the whole drive. Why would you call that there? A lot of head scratching. And Kevin King making that catch and not getting hurt on the play. Well done. I'm looking at Twitter right now. They have a Stefan Diggs mean mugs Lambo crowd after his catch against the Packers. Well, they didn't tell the rest of the story there. It was his only catch. And what did he do when he took his helmet off and mean mugged everyone? Yeah, he cost him. Packed him up and they missed right. the extra point. Right. Oh. I mean, the Packers still win the game if you do the math 21 20. But, you know, with a missed extra point and a missed field goal, um, you know, that's certainly, if you're the Vikings and all you have to do is get in position late in the game for a field goal as opposed to a touchdown, it certainly changes things. So, yeah, I, I tweeted out yesterday, I said, thank you, Stefan Diggs, for acting like you've never scored a touchdown in your life. Yeah, you, I'm going to say this, though. I think that the helmet off, especially when you're not on the field, penalty is so dumb. It is dumb, but it's, it's dumb, still. It's dumb, but it's the, pe- I mean, it's, yeah, there's. As soon as he know, did it, I'm like, well, there's a flag. Yeah, right. as soon as he did it, you're like, nope. Well, you knew it. Plus, yeah. this you have to review the it's the plays like it's not the drive's not over. They have to review it and make I it. I can't good. remember who sent the tweet out, but someone sent a tweet out about Packer fans remember this, and it was the Brett Favre taking his helmet off during the Super Bowl after his first touchdown, running with his helmet off. Yeah, that's a 15 yard penalty. Now you would never have had that iconic Super Bowl picture if they had these stupid rules. So if you're off the field of play and there's no play on. Remedy. I think they should just take that whole penalty out. Favre does no wrong. That's why he's wearing cargo right. shorts yesterday and everyone else is wearing suits. Well, that's like to our point, uh, 608-321-1670. Like our buddy Juice Man Joe, we were talking about uh, Drew Brees. And bad news, if you're a Drew Brees owner or a Saints fan, your season's probably come to an end. He's got a t- looks like torn ligaments. Uh, Juice Man Joe says, Brett Favre played an entire season with a broken thumb. Rub some dirt on it, Brees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just get out there and tough Come it. on, Brees. Chad, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. Good morning, boys. What's good? What's good? What's happening, What's up, buddy? Man, not much. I had uh, the better part of the weekend sleeping in bed because I, I had a nasty head cold starting on Thursday night. So I, the only things that I did was uh, wake up to watch the the Packer game and and see Bronny hit that at Granny. But I will say this: first of all, uh, about the Packers and the offense, there there was much improvement, uh, at least in the first half, compared to last week. Um, obviously the better coach, at least from where we sit right now, made adjustments at half and and basically had LaFleur dumbfounded as to what to do with the offense. So he's going to have to work on that. And that's a lot harder than having, what, 10 days to game plan for a a team anyway. So he's going to have to figure out what the hell he's doing there. And then as far as the Brewers, you know, as a 40-year-old man, I just like to ask that team to decide who they are because it's not good for our health. <laughs> we cannot continue to take the dramatics from them. So I just, I'm with Joe. I say when, you know, you know, 10 of the last 13, you know, that would be for all the Cubs fans in my poker game that I have to hear crap from when they throw down the, the red, the white, and the blue chips, and they call that a Cubbies bet. Cool. I just, I just want to see this happen so badly. They just, they got to make it happen for me. Yeah, I, it, thank you, thank you, Thanks, Chad. Man. I hope you feel better. And yeah, I mean, again, like, and, and the, the, the great thing about that, Chad, would be is that if the Brewers do this, and you, you have the Cubs and the Cardinals, because I guarantee at the beginning of the season, certainly at the All Star break, certainly two weeks ago, all Cub and Cardinal fan are thinking is. We got to take out the other team, right? No, nobody is thinking about the Milwaukee Brewers. And now, how great would it be that you have Cubs, Cardinals here the last two weeks of the season beating the hell out of each other? And while they're doing that, the Brewers are just off in their thing in Milwaukee, where nobody's thinking about yep, it. Yep. And all of a sudden, the Cardinal fan wakes up some morning, or Cub fan wakes up some morning, and says, 
looks at the standing and says, well, wait a minute. How are the Brewers now leading? The, like, where, what did I miss? Because I guarantee, Chad, to your point, all Cub and Cardinal fan have been thinking about all season is this showdown. And look, it maybe could be that way. Maybe it will be Cubs-Cardinals at the end. But the fact that the Brewers are a game out or three games out, now if you're Cub-Cardinal fan, you're like, why? how did this happen? Because this was just supposed to be about Cubs-Cardinals to win the division, and now it's Cubs-Cardinals-Brewers to win Brewers the division. Brewers just waiting in the weeds, it's hanging awesome, low, man. ready to get them. I it love is, it. Uh, it's, it's totally awesome. That's why... You know, we threw some dirt on him, what, a week ago, two weeks, week and a half ago? That's two weeks ago. And we, and we always overreact over here. But what a moment, dude. There's, it's meaningful baseball. It's exciting. It's what you want from your team, especially the Brewers only made the playoffs five times. you got the Packers winning. you got the Brewers, the Grand Slam, and Ryan Braun. Let's see him make the playoffs. Awesome. Uh, 608-321-1670. Ron, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. What's up, Ronnie? Hi, Joe. Uh... Yeah, great to be two and zero. I'm very happy. Uh, we're in a great spot, and and I I think we can win a division now because I I'm looking at all the quarterbacks in that division. Rogers is still the best quarterback in that division. I, oh, by far, not even close, Ronnie. You tell him, Ron. What do you think? The Packers I, are going to go four and zero, or the Brewers I, make I, the playoffs? I think going to Dallas, we're going to be four and all. We're making the playoffs this year. My so, man, go Pack, go Pack, thank, go, thank Ron. you, Ronnie. You're I would say this, uh, Ron. Yes, if they the passion win, win or lose, uh, if they get to Dallas four and all, it now now you really start eyeing up. I mean, two and all is too early. There, uh, you know, they always show that the, the graphics. You know, teams that start two and overs, zero and two, and as you get higher up, right when you get to zero and three or zero and four. It becomes like one in a you know in the history of the NFL that have made the playoffs. And when you get to three and oh four and oh, it's like you know you can count on one hand the amount of teams that haven't made the playoffs. So yes, every win uh, Ron they get from this point out obviously increases their chances. I would say Ebo, yes, if they co- if they go into Dallas, and at that point if you're four and oh, why wouldn't you think that that game's winnable? But if you go into Dallas four and oh, and then you come home after that against the Lions and Raiders for back to back home games. I I mean, if you get to the bye week at five and two, six and one, sky's I mean, the it, limit. It is, it's division, it's home field advantage. It's absolutely the Packers are bad. <laughs> I just saw this early odds. You know, Ron brought up the Cowboys. Love the passion in Ron's voice there. The Dolphins have opened up as a twenty and a half point underdog yeah. to the Cowboys. <laughs> I would take it. <laughs> There's no way you wouldn't take that. I'll take that again. I mean, there's no way Patriots you beat him. Well, the Patriots right. eight, opened up 18 and a half. Uh, yeah. They beat him 43 to See, nothing. you know that the Dolphins are tanking when they don't start Josh Rosen and they allow Fitzpatrick to throw pick six or after pick six. Josh Rosen just sucks. Uh, no, I would side. They, 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 that makes no sense if they're not playing. But don't they, even if they want to... Like fire sale, why wouldn't they sell Rosen unless to Nelson's point they're worried about winning a game? I don't know. The well, just think maybe that's how bad Rosen is. They'd lose by 63 to nothing than if Rosen played. It is. A, that is the worst. That's insane how bad Miami is. And absolutely, I would take the Cowboys uh, minus 20. Uh, I mean, that thing will get to 24, 25. And just like people did over the weekend, people will try and justify taking the Dolphins. And I'm like, there's no justification taking the Dolphins. They won't cover a game. I don't think they'll cover a game this season, let alone win a game this season. They're terrible. All right, Cody. I asked these guys to think about this question during the break, so I apologize I don't give you as much time to answer the question. But if I would have told you two weeks ago uh, we were going to get to the final 13 games and it's going to literally be 
the NL Central Division or hosting or playing in the Royal Wild Card that with 13 games to go, now all three of those options are in play. Would you would you truly have said there was any shot at even one of those, let alone all three of them, you know, two weeks ago today? I mean, I would always said there was a shot. Like I always said the season's not over till it's over because we've seen crazier things in baseball. Did I think it was going to happen? Absolutely not, just because of the way they were playing. But the one thing I always said was they're a better baseball team than the way they're playing. And now they have the best record in the National League this month, 11-3. and And you really can't set up the end of the season any better. The Cardinals and Cubs play seven more times against each other. The Nationals right now, where the Brewers are two and a half behind for a wild card spot, are playing the Cardinals. And the Brewers are playing against all below 500 teams. Like You can't set that up any better to finish the season. Uh, visiting with our guy, Cody Grant. We did a little uh, side-by-side comparison, Cody, because the other thing that I would have said two weeks ago that I didn't really think was a possibility that the Packers would be 2-0, and yet here Green Bay sits. So uh, 13 days to go in the regular season and, you know, 13 days to go until the first month of the season ends for the Packers. Uh, we put the question, what's more likely, the Packers get to 4-0 and or the Brewers find the playoffs, whether it's a wild card or division? What would you put your money on right now? I would still say the Packers 4-0 and because I, I think they go and beat Denver, and then Philly should be a test. But like I said, I think the Packers are going to be good this season. I think they win the division. I think they win 12 to 13 games. But that's not saying that I don't think the Brewers can make the playoffs. I mean, they're right there. Uh, all right. It, well, Cody, go ahead, I was going to ask Cody. I mean, you're a big Ryan Braun guy. Joe's <laughs> a big Ryan Braun guy. Ooh, Ryan Braun guy. It's two what outs. A season he's having, really. And uh, it was cool, too. You know, uh, a few days ago, he hit the home run wearing Christian Yelch's jersey underneath his. And now he comes up in a huge moment. So, uh, and he's done this in the past. He's been clutch. And then I love what he said, saying he's not as good as he used to be, but he's still uh, the same guy at big moments. Yeah, and that was a cool Proved that yesterday. So when when Yelly goes down, what was your? I mean, you're covering the team. What was the what was the initial reaction of everyone in the locker room? And you know, what your reaction when Yelly goes down? And was all like everyone just beside themselves, thinking they're going to pack it up and quit? No, definitely not. You know, it, it, they kind of rallied around it, and you're seeing it right now on the field. And of course, they all talked about how great Yelich has been this season, how they he is the star player. But uh, they all know they have other capable guys on this team, and you know, they have other all-stars than Yelly. Uh, Grandal has been coming on great as of late. Uh, Moustakis is an all-star this year. Uh, Josh Hader, of course, probably the best relief pitcher uh, in the game right now, despite giving up a home run again uh, yesterday. And Brian Braun is still capable of coming up with big moments. Uh, Keston Hira is kind of working on his way back in the lineup. He's been terrific this season. Uh, they have guys on this roster. It's a talented roster. Uh, it's amazing that uh, they haven't been able to put it all together yet this season. But, you know, last 14 games, they won 11. They, they go 6-1 and one on this road trip with a sweep of the Marlins. Uh, they may have found their stride, and, you know, it's a perfect time to get hot right before the playoffs. Uh, visiting with our guy Cody Grant. So then the other part of the equation, Cody, the team's in front of you, and you have the Cubs and Cardinals playing each other seven times here in the next 13 days. And, you know, we were trying to do the math here, and, and I say, you know, you, what you probably want, right, is both these teams to beat each other up, maybe slight advantage Cubs because they're closer in the standings. You know, it, are you buying that if it, you know, 4-3, the Cubs take these next seven games and the Brewers can win 9-10 of the 13, which are winnable games, that that probably would be the math that gets the Brewers in this thing? 
Yeah, that seems like it. It seems like you guys did the research with that. Or you can look at it from a different standpoint. You hope for the Cardinals to beat the Cubs seven times. And, you know, Brewers don't win the division then, but they get in easier with a wild card. Or you can hope for the Cubs to beat the Cardinals seven times. And then you talk about it's Brewers versus Cubs, if the Brewers can get a couple more wins there. But, yeah, you're, you're hoping, I think, for the best. Like you said, these teams are going to beat up on each other and really split the series with the Cubs maybe taking one more game. And then, as I mentioned before, you know, the Cardinals have the, have the Nationals right now. You know, we can look at a scenario where we may see the Brewers and Cubs playing that one game wild card. The Nationals are to get swept uh, in this upcoming series against the Cardinals. So there's a lot of things that can happen. There's still a lot of teams bunched up there. It's, it, there's no for sure um, uh, setup we're looking at right now. Anything can happen. Uh, Cody, do you think, because we brought this up many times, and Ebo and Nelson, I talked about this this morning too, is that, you know, the last time the Brewers have had a perceived week schedule was, you know, in June when they had, you know, obviously all teams above or below 500. We know that didn't go well. I mean, do you just, do you say that was a learning experience? It was just a fluke or the ebbs and flows of a long season? Like, is there any party that's nervous about this? The the notion that this team has the, the propensity to play up or down to the level of competition? I wouldn't say that. I would say that, like I said, all season long, they've kind of played uh, below expectations, right? Uh, they're finally hitting their stride, and they're finally winning games they're supposed to win. And the way I would look at it is, would you rather play the Padres, the Reds, and the Pirates, and the Rockies, or would you rather play the Dodgers, the Cardinals, uh, the Braves and the Cubs, right? Like you would rather play the lesser teams despite what you saw earlier in the season because that doesn't matter now, right? It, it, it just comes down to every game that's in front of you. And this team has struggled in the past. They won, I think, 9 of 27 games against below 500 teams right at, at that point, right mm. before the All-Star break. Um, but it, things tend to even their way out right so i think it's actually maybe a blessing in disguise okay well they're not going to lose three or four to the padres this time around right like you have to kind of all look at that in that standpoint so i would rather play the below 500 teams than play above 500 teams so i think that's the way you should look at it uh will we see brandon woodruff pitch at miller park this week either as a starter or uh, coming out of the bullpen do you think he pitches at some point in one of these seven games starting tonight I mean, I would hope so, right? Um, I mean, Zach Davies is going tonight. Uh, Woodruff, they don't have listed as going in the next couple of days. I know Gio Gonzalez, Adrian Hauser, and Jordan Lyles are set up to go in this series. So maybe we don't see Woodruff until the Pirates series. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if you see him come out of the bullpen. I mean, Council's been known to use that bullpen in a variety of uh, creative ways. So it wouldn't shock me to see Woody come out of the pen, but... Um, I would say the soonest we'd see him would probably be in that Pittsburgh series. Uh, Cody, I, you know, it probably got lost a little bit in that, you know, I don't know that this is the lead or it, the lead got buried, but obviously the, the lead yesterday is brawn in the, in the grand slam and then winning the series. But a little known fact, maybe that was uh home run number 232 for the team this season, which sets a franchise record in this era of, Juice balls or guys are bigger, <laughs> faster, stronger, whatever. I mean, we're seeing teams, you know, that like the Twins and the Yankees have already set like the American League record with like, you know, three weeks in the season to go. Like, what's your take on the home run ball? Because I don't think that'll be a storyline. We don't think of this Brewer team like, my God, all the home runs. Yet 232, uh, a franchise record for this, se- this team this season. That's crazy. 
mean, how can you not believe the balls are juiced, right? Like, well, MLB owns it now. MLB owns the, the company that makes the balls. They're juicing the Yeah, they're, they have to be juiced. Like, I don't care what they say. There's no, there's no way. Or like, everyone's on roids. Seen, yeah, well, that could be too. Um, but we've seen home runs skyrocket the last several years. And I do think that uh, some of it has to do with uh, athletes being stronger, being bigger, being, you know, faster. And then you also look at how hitters are approaching at the plate with the launch angles and all that and how you kind of like the three-point shot in basketball where uh, managers are looking at home run ball being more important to uh, having a strong offense than chipping away with uh, and moving this guy over with a bunt from first to second or second to third. It's all about the home run ball, but I think more of that has to do with MLB wanting more home runs, wanting more runs, wanting more excitement uh, in the sport. And, it's got they got to be juiced, guys. Like, there's no way it's not. All right. So before I let you go, we used to have. Hey, well, real quick, go ahead, Cody. Eagle. Tonight, you're, are you cover? You're at the game tonight, yeah? Yes, I'll be at the. I should be at every game this week. Can you get one of the balls? Ooh, bring it <laughs> here, yes. and we're gonna cut it open. Yes, Cody, you have to get a ball. Now you have to do it. Okay, Whether you get a I'll foul ball or you steal one, I don't care. Get what? Get us a ball. On air, since this is on air and it's going to be podcast, I'm going to say absolutely not. But we'll move on from there. Ask me off air. Give me a call later, and then I'll give you my actual answer. Hey, you can borrow my kid. The dude's like a, a <laughs> magnet for foul balls. Like Reese will get you at least three. Just bring him with you. You know, give him a little. Oh, hey, what little kid can have a ball line? Yeah. I got him hey, trained speaking perfectly. Of, speaking of foul balls, too, we're going to see a lot less at Miller Park next season with oh, the yeah. Yeah. moving down. What do you the line. think of that? I love it. I think I think it's smart. I, I think that why wouldn't we want more? Uh, safety for fans. Uh, I saw someone stands. complaining that uh, they couldn't see for a certain sight line, and baseball's been around mm-hmm. for 150 years, and people just need to get off their damn phones. Then I yeah, think to myself, been around, right? Yeah, baseball's been around for 100 years. I, I like that argument. I just I don't understand because uh, from 2000 last year, there were 14,000 more foul balls hit into the first and second baseline stands than there were in 1998. Uh, balls are coming faster. They did a study back in uh, 2016. It was Bryant Gumbel, uh, and, and they had Bryant fans Gumbel. actually stand behind protective glass, non-distracted, and try to react to a foul ball. None of them reacted fast enough. Like, well, but, it's not know, just being on your phone. A bunch not. of kids, a bunch of kids, like little, like three, four, five-year-olds, have been getting smoked in the face. What little kids on their cell phone? Like if you're if you got a little kid at the ball game, of course the kid's not going to be attention paying attention. Right, it, it, and listen too. When you're at a ball game, there's more distractions than just cell phones. Uh, you got the video board. You got uh, all the you know racing wieners doing their things. Racing sausages. You have all the vendors walking up and down selling beer, hot dogs, cotton candy. Like nobody drunk slots. And I mean, nobody out. is paying attention to the game from start to finish, one hundred and fifty percent. Cody, I, I will say this: I do public address announcing for the Madison Mallards. I know it's not pro, but it is semi-pro baseball. They have mm-hmm. the netting that goes all the way out to where the duck pond starts, which is you know midway down the first and third base line into the into the outfield. I have never once been able to not call a play or announce an out or announce the number doing it because the netting was in my way. It's absolutely ridiculous to think that that'll change the the viewing experience of a fan. Yeah, I think it's kind of an over-exaggeration from the fans that think they can't see through the netting. Like, it doesn't hinder your vision. No. Hey, uh, before I let you go, so, you know, you have, by, by the way, I love your, your the weekend show. And, and the guys before you and some of our guys that do the sports flashes, you know, we had these, we did these deep dive, you know, in-depth reports. Balls ball, deep. Balls deep was the, uh, was the series. 
<laughs> I need Cody Grant to reignite Balls Deep, our investigative series, and, and answer this question. Jordan Lyles, his last 10 starts with the Pirates, 0-5 with a 10.5 ERA. In his 10 starts with the Brewers since his return this season, 6-1 and with a 2.39 earn run average. I need a Balls Deep report on why Jordan Lyles couldn't get a guy out in a pickup game and now he's a he's an all-star caliber pitcher. He didn't want to be a pirate. Clearly. I don't want to be a pirate. But I don't that's know. like, like next crazy. Cody, that is uh, crazy. He if he would have spent this season with the bird, he's Cy Young candidate with those numbers. Right. The guy couldn't even start in one of the I mean, the Pirates are probably the second or third worst team in the National League right now. And he was god awful for them. And now he looks like, you know, Roger Clemens from nineteen eighty six. But we've seen this almost every year with a certain player, maybe not to that extent that Jordan Lyles has been this season, but a change in scenery can do wonders for uh, for a baseball player, that's for sure. Balls deep report there, and yep. then don't, Cody, wink, wink, don't get a baseball tonight. Absolutely not. <laughs> don't sure. do that. Why would I do that? I don't want to cut it open and see how juiced it is. Don't do that. Uh, Cody, did you watch uh, on replay uh, or live, did you watch Clash of Champions last night? No, not yet, but I have it set up for today. So I have some time before the Brewers game gets started, so I will watch. I know about the title changes. I know about the Becky Lynch segment, but I'm looking forward right. to uh, checking it out. I won't give anything. I mean, I watch I thought I'd give it not the best one, but it's been one of their better ones in a while. I'll give it a solid, you know, B, B+. It was a pretty good pay-per-view last night. I'm excited for it. All right, buddy. Thank you. See you, homie. Have a good one. There he is, a Cody Grant. He'll be at Miller Park tonight. Uh, stay tuned uh, to Zone Madison for all the... Latest from Miller Park. We yeah, we are not asking to get him a Isn't ball. Isn't WWE coming to like Fox or something? I yeah. saw that shoved down my face, throat. Friday times night, the SmackDown Live, baby. That a boy, Eves. Yeah, I was just shoved in my face every my commercial man. break. More incentive to make plans on Friday night. I know. <laughs> I'm booked out the next. I don't know how many months for Friday. Oh man, you guys are gonna miss out. <laughs>